Pete Golding officially hired as Ole Miss's defensive coordinator and a transfer commit comes in. We've got a ton of stuff to talk about and let's not waste any time, shall we? You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for tuning in. I do want to let you know that LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Also, thank you very much for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell up there for notifications, and of course, participate in the conversation by commenting down below or upvoting the video. We'd appreciate it very much. Anyway, Ole Miss has made it official. Pete Golding was hired. We thought that this might be taking a little bit of time because we thought it was linked to the Chris Partridge situation. But the reality was that we weren't thinking about Sam Carter meant that that position could be hired away. Titles can be dealt with after the fact. They were able to bring Pete Golding in. He was actually um, recruiting out with this big dinner over the weekend. So we'll see exactly how he does. Now, Ole Miss fans should be extremely excited about Pete Golding, period. Nobody should be able to say really a negative thing about him. If they're complaining about it, they're complaining about everything. They're the type of people that would complain about a paper bag if you got a paper bag full of $5,000. So understand that there's no legitimate reason you can complain about Pete Golden. Everybody, top 10 defenses consistently at Alabama. Top defense also when he was at UTSA. So if your excuse is he only recruits with really good talent and he can do whatever, um, but he, what will he do at Ole Miss? Well, look at UTSA, where they had a defense that honestly put UTSA, the Roadrunners, on the map, working under Frank Wilson, if you guys remember him. He's the guy that got there. UTSA right now is a really good football program, but a lot of that was built on the heels of what Frank did. So, Pete Golding got his start there. You know, he went Delta State, Southern Mississippi, you know, UTSA, Alabama. I mean, a meteoric rise up through up there to where football scoop is reporting that he was offered an extension to stay at Alabama and chose to leave. All right. Now we're not going to get into all the semantics of whatever's going on, but if they offered him a contract, they wanted him to be there. Now, why is Pete Golding looking at Ole Miss? And I think it was because it was time to get out on his own because everybody for better or worse looks at that defense and said, Hey, that's Nick Saban's defense. That's not Pete Colton's defense. That's Nick Saban's defense. And now he has the chance to get out on his own, make his name for himself. And also, if Lane Kiffin moves on to the NFL or to another college job in the next couple of years, he's got that promotable position from defensive coordinator to move up. It's actually a really smart move on his behalf. If the prices rumored are true, it was like a little over $2 million a year for three years. So he's guaranteed close to $7 million. Now, to put that in perspective, that's about three times what Ed Orgeron made at Ole Miss when he was the coach. I think Ed Ed Orgeron made like $700,000 or something like that as the head coach. Now Ole Miss has a head coach 
that is making a little around $9 million a year. You have a defensive coordinator that is making a little over $2 million a year. And I'm sure the offensive coordinator is in a position is, um, good position as well, even though we all know that that's Lane's offense. Everybody complaining about the offense, Lane's offense. So Ole Miss is tied up to a, at about $12 million a year just on head coaching coordinator salaries. It's impressive. It's, it really, really is impressive. Now, we're going to talk over the next few days because this is a huge story. This is a massive story about the type of players we have and how they will fit in a Pete Golding defense because I'm assuming he's going to run what he's run for the last five years and not what he ran at UTSA because at UTSA, he was four two five ish I mean, he did some stuff real similar to what um, I guess Ron Roberts did at Delta State, and it was all built in. But once he got to Alabama, it changed over like many coaches do to that Alabama system or a version of it, um, matchup zone in the secondary, things like that. Now, when you look at what he did at Alabama and you look at what he needs to do at Ole Miss, two completely different things, Okay. If he can get a defense ranked, let's say, 33rd, 37th in that ballpark, he has a chance to win a ton of games. Now, why do I say that? Well, this is coming in. It's go, it is a top 10 offense in the country, period. There might be problems in the red zone. There might be problems here and there. But as far as explosive goes, this offense really doesn't step wrong. Okay? And... Doing that means that if he can hold an opponent to 23, 24 points a game, Ole Miss is going to win a ton more than they lose, period. And that's something to keep in mind because everybody's talking about, well, he only had a top 10 defense in Alabama or look at all the five stars he recruited in Alabama. And I don't think that is a very fair way to look at this. It's a very simplistic, it's a very not paying attention way to describe what's going on. Alabama, when Pete Golding was there, had just switched to an offense, lay it out there, try to outscore the defense, let your defense be as good as they need to be, but if you have a high-flying offense, which they did with Tua Tonga-Valoa, Mac Jones, and Bryce Young, you will be okay. They did that. Their offense was some of the most explosive teams that college football has ever seen. The wide receiver each had, there were four or five first-round players on the field at the same time, along with a first-round quarterback. This was a big deal. This Alabama offense was legit. Those type of offenses stress a defense. This is an excuse. This is a real thing. Alabama may have had top three talent, but the offense was so good, they were willing to, just completely overwhelm people. And they've been able to do that over and over again. So instead of 16 points a game, 12 points a game, that ballpark, they're giving, they might give up 20 points a game because it's good for a possession or two difference with how explosive they are. And because of that, the Alabama faithful were comparing his work to the Kirby Smart years when the offense protected the defense at all costs. They won games defensively. They won it by protecting that defense. 
And in doing that, Kirby Smart went to Georgia and did the exact same thing, protect the defense at all costs. And because of that, the defense is pretty good. It, it's what we expect. Now, the miscalculation that I think Nick Saban came up with and whenever all of this happened is that the pendulum wouldn't swing back. Or if it would, he would be able to quickly, elastically, you know, snap back to where he needs to be. I don't know if that's 100% the case, but college football is in the process of snapping back. The 3-2-6 that Ole Miss ran, people worked on how they could attack it, and there are certain areas that could happen. Ole Miss had to change their defense. That's the reason they went and got Pete Golden, is because they had to change their defense. And with college football snapping back to what we knew offensively 10 years ago, now, it'll never switch back to 1995, but you know what I mean, 10 years ago. Now, you can kind of reach a medium, just a happy medium between defense and offense, and you don't have to be so extreme either way. Now, it, it, this is really important stuff and really um, cool to deal with, but you know, I can see how it would be stressful. But this is a major, major major hire for Ole Miss because statistically this Ole Miss offense is nothing to be trifled with. Just need to shore it up defensively and they win a lot of games, period. I mean, that's just the way this works. So, I mean, it's pretty good. So be excited, Ole Miss fans. When we come back, we're going to look at the transfer portal so far and why certain things are happening. Also, we're going to look at a transfer portal commitment in the third segment of Quincy McGee of UAB, talking about him on the offensive line. So we got a we got a ton of stuff to get to. Um, so let's go ahead and get to it. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. As a small business owner or hire manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire quality candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have skills, values, and experiences that can help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond the resume data by using insights from your job posts and their 875 million member profiles. So LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on job qualifications all on one platform. It is why businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Thanks again for making Locked On Ole Miss your first listen every day. Make sure and check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. It has everything you need to know about college basketball all in one place. Hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. All right. The first segment we talked about all about the amazing hire that was Pete Golding and why everybody should be so excited about it. Now, that is overshadowing the transfer portal and 
the way it moved in the last couple of weeks may have not been the direction that some fans expected. And because of that, you know, let's reset it and look at it. Because offensively, uh, honestly, Ole Miss is Walker Howard away from this transfer portal class on the offensive side of the ball being as good as it was last year. Period. Whenever you add top 50 players, all-conference players, people lining up all over and what you can do depth-wise to your team for 2023, absolutely fantastic. They've done a wonderful job. They've got an interior offensive lineman. They need it to do that. We're going to talk about him in the third segment. But defensively, everybody's been waiting for that defensive player to pop. Somebody to talk about. And yes, I realize that Ole Miss got um, John Saunders and Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste. I get all that. But whenever you look at the close that's going on the last couple of weeks, it is obvious that Lane Kiffin was trying to court Pete Golding. And because of that, that affected Ole Miss in the recruitment of defensive players. Because which defensive player is going to want to show up to a place that they're not familiar with? Um, that they don't know what's going on. Because everybody is recruiting against Ole Miss this way. Lane Kiffin's not going to be there. They don't even know who their defensive coordinator is. And this has gone on for like three weeks. So anybody that Ole Miss is going up against is having to deal with that. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's a reason. And the slowness of all this going on is because Pete Golding has slightly different personnel fits than the 3-2-6. There's other players that are going to be important. Centarian Perkins, obviously, an outside linebacker in this defense. But you still have three defensive linemen, um, a jack, and two linebackers to get to. So looking at the transfer portal, it might be personnel-wise a little bit different than what Ole Miss has been recruiting. And even through the early signing day, with a player like Braxton Myers, which, by the way, at the moment, um, that's an important get for this Ole Miss defense. Because in the portal right now is Tysheem Johnson and Davidson Igbenosan. All those kids that hasn't transferred with ties to Chris Partridge from the Northeast they're potential transfer candidates. They're portal candidates. This happens. There are so many people that wanted this Golding thing to happen, but they were, I don't know, blissfully unaware of the consequences. You have to look, is this okay if you're looking at this? Yeah, I mean, if this happens, this is going to happen. You don't know what this is when this happens, but there's always a reaction when you look at everything that goes on. And it, you do not get rid of a coach these days if you cannot let these players go. Just period. And they made the calculated risk to be able to make the hire to Pete Golding and then try to do damage control and all that stuff. That's fine. But players like Austin Keys, I think Shante Seastrunk potentially could end up in the portal. Um, Davidson Igmanosan, Tysheem Johnson, those guys are exploring. I think Austin Keys has already committed to Auburn. We're going to talk with the Auburn person on Tuesday about Austin Keys. Good player. He's one of those players that you just kept waiting on the light to come on, and it never quite did because the physical tools, he had all the tools in the world, but he just didn't make it happen, it seemed like, it, for, for whatever reason. So 
when you look at that and you take the depth that we have built up in the secondary in the last couple of years, I'm not overly concerned even about Davidson, even about Taishim. Those guys, almost obviously is going to try and make a play to bring them back. They're going to put them in touch with the per- people that they need to talk to. But I'm not overly concerned about a defensive back um, leaving the program. I don't care if they're a starter or not. I mean, you replace up Tysheem Johnson with Trey Washington and you're fine. You know, John Saunders came to Ole Miss. Ole Miss has the ability to withstand a defensive back, back portal watch or portal loss. I'm not saying it's necessarily like for like. I'm saying it will be fine. But the important thing in the portal is to realize that with Pete Golding, they need to go over the roster with a fine-tooth comb and fit, realize what they need to do. And with the timing that the transfer portal is under at the moment, I mean, they might try and get some people in there, but they need to identify what they need first. Because if they go in to get the wrong type player, just a player that might be a good player um, that would be good for the three-two-six, but he won't see the field in this defense, that's a mistake. So it's just better that Pete Golding digs in on the film and realizes what he needs to be successful at Ole Miss. And then go after those guys if you have time left in the transfer portal. Go after those guys in the late tra- signing period. Go after those guys in the late transfer portal window. That is where the damage will likely be for the defensive side of the ball. I expect Ole Miss is probably going to pick up two or three players in the late transfer window because of what and the lateness of this hire. It just kind of is what it is. I mean, there's stuff going on, you know. Be happy with it. Be ecstatic about the Pete Golding hire. Absolutely worth it. And it's not worth to not get Pete Golding if you want to hold off to a player, which in the end, you know my opinion on players and coaches, they're all mercenaries. Do You can't build tr- any trust with them. You need to protect yourself. And, you know, see what it's like, honestly. It's going to be one of those things. So anyway, today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for your sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends on every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college um, football to basketball. Heck, they even had the World Cup at a weird time at the end of last season. They have it all at BetOnline.net. If you like your sports podcast, they have them too. You can tune in and get all the information you need on the games and events that you are interested in. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. You know, you can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. It's Bet Online, it's where the game starts. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. They are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and participate in the conversation by commenting down below and upvoting the video itself. We'd appreciate it very much. All right, Quincy McGee committed to Ole Miss. He's a second-team All-Conference USA player from the Blazers. 
Um, he's a kid that went to Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. And from what I understand, I don't know much about this kid other than the fact that he's really good, but he seems to have gotten control of his weight, which allowed him to really blossom as a player. Now, there were times when he was up to like 420 pounds. He, I mean, he was a big dude. Now, I think he plays at like 295 or 300, somewhere in there. And he's a really good football player. And as an interior offensive lineman, he's a direct replacement for Nick Broker. He's somebody that can handle what's going on. Now, everybody's like, Steve, you told me last week that this is all going to be at the whim of John Garrison. Yes, absolutely. But I also told you that John Garrison may be the type of person that prefers to have an interior offensive lineman and an exterior offensive lineman. The tackles and guards and centers, they don't mix. Um, so you can really learn and get good at a certain area without, let's say, um, confusion, brand confusion based off a of guard and tackle, whatever. So in the NFL, obviously, there's six or seven guys that are rotated in, and they all know what all is going on, but they also have more than 20 hours a week to do it, okay? I hope that makes sense. So Ole Miss, in my opinion, is going to build the interior and the exterior offensive linemen, and they're going to teach them how to build walls, and they're going to teach them how to pass break, and they're, they're going to be separate groups, but being taught to be a co cohesive unit. Now, a lot of places sees five places across the offensive line, right? No matter who you are, they're going to try and fit the best five players to go in across what they're doing. Whether they're a tackle, they're a guard, they're a center, it doesn't matter. They're going to put the positions to wherever they need to be. In my opinion, Ole Miss might be doing something similar, but I see the term interior offensive lineman, exterior offensive lineman, way too frequent with, the, we, with these guys. And I think that John Garrison is going to teach those guys a little bit different, and they're going to try and get them to master a singular craft. Like Jeremy James played guard last season. I think Jeremy James might be a right tackle this year. Micah Pettis might move inside for size and weight. I, I do not know, but I think you're going to have an interior offensive lineman and an exterior offensive lineman, and you might have four guys rotating outside, six guys rotating inside, and those 10 guys are going to be the ones you go to war with. Now, the most important thing that I have, the most important question I have for Mr. McGee is can he snap the football? I mean, that's an interesting question. Anytime I see interior offensive linemen, that is the first question that comes to mind. Can he snap the football? Because if he can, and Caleb Warren can play guard, or if they're interchangeable somehow, we're in good shape. Because by the end of the year, Caleb Warren was okay. Now, the jet sweep game was essentially wiped out because of poor snaps early in the year. And because of that, the middle of the field was okay. Our snap last year was absolutely abhorrent. It, it just, just was terrible. So if we can get that fixed and do what we do and the offense looks a little bit more like it did, more so on like what we can do and what we can do well, not just what we did a couple of years ago, we will be in much better position. 
And a lot of that happens with an interior offensive lineman like Quincy McGee. He's somebody, like I said, he struggled with his um, weight and getting on the field. I think he was on the Mississippi Gulf Coast Junior College or Community College National Championship team or something in 2019. So 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, that tells you this is probably the COVID year. Um, So he's probably a one-and-done type player as well. So he is trying to go in and compete against the best and improve his draft stop. Everybody wants to do that. And whenever, you know, he's got Mississippi ties, even though it's on the coast, and that's like six hours away. That's like saying somebody from Memphis has Tennessee ties. But, you know, you get the idea. So we'll see exactly how Ole Miss proceeds. Now, like I said, this week we're going to talk all about the defensive side of the ball. We're going to talk about the transfer portal as it goes. Walker Howard um, this weekend was at Ole Miss. I think there was a picture floating around of Walker Howard. Um, Pete Golding was in that picture as well. So we'll see exactly how that goes. He was at Ole Miss for 24 hours. He was at TCU for about six if my math is halfway correct. And that tells me he's either set on going to TCU or Ole Miss has a really good chance of getting him. Um, so we'll see if he actually goes anywhere else because I've told you guys numerous times, I feel sorry for anybody that has skin in the game when recover, when covering the transfer portal because it's just so hard to do. There's so few people that have an actual idea what's going on. By the time a high school player graduates, there's 50 people you can call to and get a useful nugget of information. Transfer portal with the time frame, with the number of contacts, everything, there's one, two, maybe three people that you can get a useful bit of information that's reliable. So be patient. Don't blow it out of proportion. Let's see what can actually happen because The staff has done unbelievably phenomenal things in the transfer portal in the past, and honestly, they've deserved the benefit of the doubt. Now, there are some rumors that are floating out there about potential coaches that could come in. We will look into and dig into them as the week moves on. But at the end of the day, this peak holding defense, this transfer portal, we still have a couple of days left in the portal window. Now, to explain What is going on? Wednesday night, I'm assuming at midnight, you can no longer enter the transfer portal. The entrance into the portal is cut off. The entrance is basically they put a wall in front of to where you can't get in. But if you're already in the portal, you can walk out the other side. So there will still be commits that happen after the portal window closes. That portal window is only for entrance into the portal. So pay attention to who over the next couple of days goes into the portal. Another portal window opens up either the last two weeks of April, first two weeks of May, somewhere in there. So lots of opportunity for defensive roster to be molded. And a lot of that could happen that, hey, he wants to see who he has at spring practice and then they'll hit the transfer portal, something like that. So we'll see exactly how this defense looks moving forward. I'm pretty excited about everything that could happen. Anyway, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. It has everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. 
You can hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, players. It's Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Also, tune in for the rest of the week. We're going to continue going on about this transfer portal. We're going to talk about what the Pete Golding hire means and if we get names coming out of potential assistants that are coming with Pete Golding or if a player um, pops in that we think might come with Pete Golding, we will let you know about that as well. I mean, fantastic day. I'm so excited about what's going on. I hope you're excited about on this football as well. Man, it's getting really fun now, and we're going to keep pressing just like we always do. Anyway, I will see you tomorrow, and hotty toddy.